This week we take a closer look at a series of cases about bottled water production. These are known as the tweet cases and they involve a, a proposal for a bottled water production plant at the town of Bundanoon in New South Wales. There was very strong community opposition to this proposal because the town of Bundanoon had agreed to become a, a bottled water free town. Bundanoon is also an area which relies heavily on its rural um, landscape setting. These are some of its most uh, desirable attributes and reasons why people visit there and choose to live there. So where is Bundanoon? If, you if you're not sure where it is, you'll see on slide five, there's a map which shows where Bundanoon is nestled in the Southern Highlands to the southwest of Sydney. You'll also see some information there about a campaign which was known as Bundy on Tap. And that was the local campaign in um, Bundanoon about being a bottled water free town. The main emphasis of this campaign was that potable water was already available throughout the town via the, uh, the t town tap water system and that that's what should be used because of the investment that had already gone into providing that resource. There's a lot of background information about the proposal, about Bundanoon and about this campaign for Bundanoon to be a bottled water free town. Just an aside at this point too, the tweet cases are good material for assignment two if you are going to choose New South Wales as your jurisdiction. So what are these cases, this series of cases, the tweet cases? Well, there's tweet one, tweet two and tweet three. Slide 15 lists the three cases in full. They're all uh, tweet versus Windjacarribe Shire Council. The first one was heard in 2008 in the New South Wales Land and Environment Court. This was a merits appeal, just like Taralga that we saw, the case that we saw last week. So a merits appeal against the refusal of Whinging Caribbee Council to grant consent to the bottled water development proposal. This was an appeal that was heard by a commissioner of the, of the Land and Environment Court in New South Wales. And the, uh, the ultimate outcome of that first case, case, tweet number one, that merits appeal was that, the, uh, was that the proposal was again refused. The second case, tweet number two, is an appeal against the decision in tweet number one on an error of law. So it's important to note here that a merits appeal usually cannot be appealed against on the merits, but it is possible to appeal against the decision of a merits appeal if there is has been an error of law. 
So in this case, there was alleged to have been an error of law and the case was appealed for judicial review, again to the Land and Environment Court. Tweet number two was heard by uh, Justice Preston in the New South Wales Land and Environment Court as a judicial review of tweet number one to establish whether or not there had been an error of law. Now the ultimate outcome of tweet number two was that there was a finding of an error of law in the decision making of the Commissioner in tweet number one. So what that meant was that the proposal was sent back to the Commissioner for the decision to be remade, this time uh, in accordance with the law. So this is tweet number three, the third case, which again is a merits appeal of a new development application for the bottled water plant. So that's the three cases. Let's take a bit closer look at those. Tweet number one, you'll find on slides 20 to 23, uh, where there's quite a bit of background about the case. Tweet number one is a class one action in the Land and Environment Court, and that is a class one action under the Land and Environment Court Act of 1979 in New South Wales. It was the applicant who was appealing the refusal of council to grant a development consent and they were asking the court to overturn the refusal and to allow for the proposal to go ahead. This was a case that was heard by, the, by a commissioner of the Land Environment Court. So we're talking here about tweet number one. It was an appeal to the court heard by a commissioner to, uh, to reassess the proposal for um, consent. As I said in the introductory comments, the Commissioner dismissed the appeal by the developer, uh, meaning that the application was refused again and Council's decision not to grant consent was upheld. The Commissioner's reasons for refusal, and these are listed on slide 25, included that there was unacceptable removal of vegetation and risk of damage to other vegetation adjacent adjacent to Governor's Road. There was issues with the movement of articulated heavy tankers along Governor's Road. There was risks to school children from the movement of these heavy tankers. Um, there was concern about impacts of the development on the, uh, the potential for neighbouring properties to be further developed if there was an industrial style development going on within this rural landscape setting. Now the Commissioner found that an unacceptable impact and one that was determinative in the case was the change to the nature of Governor's Road. This roadway, Governor's Road, was described as a meandering country lane and with the development proposal it was to be transformed into a straight, paved and well-drained road which took up the entire width of the road reserve. So the character of this country laneway was to be completely changed. 
The Commissioner felt that such a change was contrary to the zone objectives in the local environment plan and that and as uh, we know from the local environment plan that any development will not have an adverse effect on the landscape or scenic quality of the area or the amenity enjoyed by residents located in the area. So again, I just reiterate there that the change to the character of Governor's Road was a change that the Commissioner felt was contrary to the zone objectives in the local environment plan. And that was the objective that any development will not have an adverse effect on the landscape or scenic quality of the area or the amenity enjoyed by residents located within the area. This, was, uh, this finding was reinforced by the, the fact that Council could not grant consent to the proposal if the proposal was inconsistent with the objects of the zone in the local environment plan. And this is clause 9, sub, sub clause 3 of the LEP. And you'll see that on slide number 28. So there was a strong emphasis on the amenity impacts, on the impacts of this uh, bottled water development proposal on the um, on the amenity of this rural country locality. However, there was a complication with the decision. And this related to the removal of vegetation from Governor's Road and the way that the Commissioner had dealt with that issue. Now, the removal of the vegetation from Governor's Road did not take place within the residential A1 zone. But even so, the Commissioner found that the removal of vegetation was a necessary consequence of the development of the bottled water plant, which was within the residential A1 zone. So what the Commissioner did was find that the objectives of the residential zone should also apply to those parts of the proposal that affected Governor's Road, which was outside of the residential zone. And it was this point which the developers appealed. So the developer lodged an appeal against the Commissioner's decision based on this stretching of objectives between zones, the stretching of the objectives from the residential A1 zone to cover the Governor's Road, which was not part of the residential A1 zone. This was an appeal that was again heard by the Land and Environment Court, but this time heard by a judge. And the appeal was a judicial review that took place under Section 56A of the Land and Environment Court Act. And you'll see more about that on slide 30. So the appeal, being a judicial review, is limited to questions of law. So the court, the, um, the court cannot hear an appeal against the merits of the decision and the, uh, the person bringing the appeal to the court for judicial review, review can't ask the court for the decision to be remade again for a second time as part of the judicial review. So 
we're just talking specifically about tweet number two here. So the appeal of tweet number one is limited to questions of law. This is what we know as a judicial review. It's a judicial review of the legality of the commissioner's decision. And the developer was claiming that the, uh, the commissioner had made an error of law in stretching those zone objectives from the residential zone across into a neighbouring zone, which was not part of the residential zone. So what were these alleged errors of law? We can see for yourself what these are on slide number 34. The allegations were that the Commissioner had made a misdirection in relation to the zone objectives under the local environment plan and had applied the objectives in the wrong zone. So the Commissioner had made a mistake in applying the local environment plan to the proposed development. And this is what was, uh, was the matter at question in tweet number two. A bit more about tweet number two, and here we are on slide number 35. So the development application had applied to, do two, to two different parcels of land, and each of those were in a different zone. Firstly, there was a shed which was to be built on, uh, res in the residential A1 zone. And secondly, there was some road widening associated with Governor's Road, which was with, within the rural zone. And each of those zones has different objectives under the Local Environment Plan. Justice Preston found that the Commissioner in tweet number one did err by evaluating the roadworks proposal involving Governor's Road within the context of the objectives for the adjoining residential zone. So the finding of the court on this judicial review by Justice Preston was that the Commissioner had made an error in law. However, it's important to note that in the judicial review, it's not enough just to establish an error of law. The error of law must be of such significance as to invalidate the ultimate decision. And on slide 38, you'll see that listed with a list of authorities for this precedent. So this is where we come back to the notion of precedent within the court. So yes, Justice Preston had found that there was an error of law, but here was drawing on the established precedent that it's not enough just to find that there was an error of law you need also to establish that the error of law was of significance to the extent that it would invali invalidate the ultimate decision. Now there's a whole lot of cases listed there on slide 38 and these are the cases which present the precedent, that precedent that the, that error of law must invalidate the ultimate decision. So there must be firstly an error of law and secondly, that error of law must be of significance as to invalidate the ultimate decision. What does this mean? Well, with that list of authorities, you can see that Justin Preston, Justice Preston is not just making this up. 
there's a number of other cases that establish this notion of this this two-step this requirement to meet um, these two steps about an error in law and the effect of that error in law. So because of that precedent, Justice Preston examined the decision of the Commissioner and found that the refusal uh, of the development was wholly based on an error, that is the error of stretching the zone objectives rather than any other considerations. And you can see those findings on slide number 39. So indeed, the error that the commissioner, the error the commissioner made in stretching the objectives from one zone into another zone, and then using that as a reason to not grant consent, was one that invalidated the commissioner's decision in tweet number one, because the decision to not grant consent was entirely based on that misapplication of zone objects, and that brings us to the end of uh, the tweet number two decision. So effectively, the developer had appealed to the court against a um, decision of Windsor Caribbean Shire Council not to grant consent to the original proposal. And that appeal was an appeal to the Land Environment Court for a merits appeal. And that was heard by a commissioner. That's tweet number one. The commissioner again refused to grant consent to the proposal. And the developer then appealed that decision on the basis that com the commissioner had made an error of law. So that was an appeal that was made to the Land Environment Court to be heard by a judge, in this case, Justice Preston. Justice Preston, after examining what had been um, considered in tweet number one, found that yes, there was an error of law and that that error of law was of such significance that it invalidated the ultimate decision that the commissioner made. So the decision of the commissioner in tweet number one was invalidated because of the error of law in stretching the zone objectives from the, the um, residential zone into the rural zone. And that was tweet number two. So now we're going to take a short break before I come back and move on to discuss some other issues associated with judicial review in particular procedural fairness and then move on to tweet number three.